This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MQ on Podcast. You already heard for everything Milton Keynes Sons. Well, it's never a quiet week in Milton Keynes, but this week feels especially busy. Um, a lot, a lot to talk about tonight, so I won't waste any time. But before we do get into it, let's introduce everyone on the call. Uh, Ross, how are you doing, mate? Uh, step closer to the weekend is all I can say, really. <laughs> yeah. Long week, all I can say. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's been a pretty long week for myself, to be fair. I say, uh, getting close to Doncaster away, which I'm not exactly. Well, I would say I'm not looking forward to it, but it's uh, not exactly the most appealing game. But anyway, Joe, how you doing? Yeah, again, a bit of a manic week for myself um, away from the football side of it. So trying to keep up with everything that's going on at, at Stadium MK is certainly proving to be a, a bit of a challenge. But hopefully, we can. Uh, cover cover the most of it in, in this week's podcast yeah it's very rare that we'll have we have to literally make notes on players that have gone out of the club and uh come into the club in the same in the same week because it's been a bit ridiculous this week but we've made notes of all of them um so we'll get into that straight away and then we'll have a little little, little look back at the Pompey game which is he went you know you know all about that one it was a brilliant performance and uh, yeah then we'll finally look ahead to Doncaster on Saturday and the rearranged tie against Burton on Tuesday night. So, boys, first of all, outgoings. There's been four of them officially, and, of course, one that's come out today that, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on that front. But let's start with the official ones first of all. Uh, first up being Zach Jules, heading out on loan to Fleetwood for the season. Got a debut clean sheet for him as well, which is pretty impressive. Um, obviously, he's yeah, again, Robin Robin as well, yeah. As well. very, very good team, very good team. Um, obviously, with, with Jules, he's tried to play multiple positions this season, hasn't he? He's been left centre-back and plays Lewington in times, especially in the Papa John's games. Plays left wing-back a few times, and no, most notably against Charlton and Fleetwood, I believe. Um, but ultimately, Joe, he's just not really found a way to, to fit into the team on a permanent basis anyway. No, I think... I don't necessarily think he's awful in his defensive way. I just maybe would question whether or not he's quite suited to the playing out from the back style. Sometimes he does look a bit nervous. I mean, towards the end of last season, he had a run of games and he started looking more and more confident. And we were like, you know, here we go. This is is the jewels we've been expecting. Um, But do you know what? I think having him go out on loan to Fleetwood, you know, let's face it, Fleetwood are going to be quite busy defensively more than likely. And so if he can be part of a team that's, you know, defending quite a lot, maybe gain some confidence, um, 
you know, that then it's, it's going to be a welcome addition. You know, at the end of the day, he's still our player. So, you know, it's there's there's obviously something in there. So let's just hope he can uh, rekindle that. Because, you know, we've seen it in flashes, but I think it's maybe time he just uh, has that sustained period of, of games that will, at, the, at League One level, that will hopefully stand him in good stead end of next season. Yeah, I know a lot of people have, well, maybe it's a bit, a bit premature, but I've written off Jules in the past for mistakes he's made and... You know, I mean, I don't think I'm I'm not at that point yet for me personally. I think he's definitely, as Joe said, you know, showing flashes of what he can do in the team. But Ross, um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Jules and his move to Fleetwood and obviously his good start there so far. I think what people have to remember is the fact that obviously he was playing at League Two level for Walsall. Um, he came with us and yes, it's a step up in, in level and obviously it's going to be a bit more relentless on him. And... Obviously, playing out from the back, as Joe's just said, it's, it's a hard way of uh, football and you're, you're prone to make mistakes. But I, I do feel like it's a perfect opportunity for him to get some game time under his belt. But I think the thing with Jules was the fact that um, I, I believe Fleet would play a back, flat back four or so, but Walsall um, did do this. And the responsibility wasn't as as on him as much as, as it is under this in this current system, sorry. So I think it's an opportunity to go out and get some games and um, give Manning something to think about come next season, hopefully. Yeah, potentially. And that's interesting regarding the change system that he's going into. I just wonder whether the thinking behind that move is to, as you said, you know, give, get a bit of confidence in his veins. You know, Yes, it'll be a different system when he returns to Milton Keynes in the summer. But, you know, as you said, hopefully those, those run of games, you know, Gets him in the groove a bit, heading into the preseason a little positive, you know, fighting for his spot of ultimately an aging Lewington, although he seems ageless at times. Um, you know, every season that's going to go by, he's going to you know, become closer to not being in the team. So, yeah, I think overall it's a, it's a pretty positive move for him. And yeah, looking forward to keeping an eye on his progress. Uh, a player who wasn't a Milton Keynes player, who's gone back to, went back to his, his parent club and went on loan straight away uh, to Doncaster. Our, our opponents on Saturday is Josh Martin. Now, we were really excited by Josh Martin when he came in. You know, obviously, a young attacking player from Norwich was poised to play in the right wing-back role under Russ Martin. Um, and you, you could say he got switched up a bit when Russ Martin left to go to Swansea. Um, but ultimately, when he has had a chance in the team, uh, most notably Stevenage in the FA Cup replay, and I believe Papa John's game, for me, he, he just didn't do enough to inspire confidence in in Manning in particular to pick him. And that's a real shame. And it's a real knock of confidence on such a young player like Josh. And he's clearly got talent. And um, he showed some of that on midweek um, in their game where, yes, they had a disappointing result, but they should have, you know, they should have really got some points from that game. But um, I was here, as I said, Ross, we all saw the talent in Martin when he first joined. It's a shame that he couldn't uh, realise it here at Milton Keynes. Yeah, and I think you've just mentioned it, Liam, in the sense of obviously Russ brought him in. And being a young lad, um, 20 years of age, he's obviously trusted Russ. Um, and obviously things hasn't worked out for him under Manning. Uh, maybe maybe it didn't his preferred formation um, didn't get put out on the wing. Maybe he suited that bit, a bit more. Um, but for one, one reason or another, it just didn't work out. But there's no bad blood there, I feel. Um, he just wants to get games under his belt and move on to the next level, I guess. Yeah, and, and without hampering our, our preview too much of the game on Saturday, you know, Josh Martin made his debut for um, Doncaster midweek, as I mentioned. He played on the left wing, actually, in a in a well, what appears to be a 4-3-3, but it's, um, as we get into it, changes a bit. And apparently he had a pretty decent game, Joe. So it's, admittedly, it's, it's annoying he's not doing it for us. Um, but, you know, it's, at the very least, it's good to see him excelling elsewhere. Yeah, I think, you know, it was, it was almost a victim of, yeah, I think the point about Russell Martin is very much valid. Um, I think that it was, I think that, you know, even even in our formation, you know, where do you play him in the middle? Because I don't think in the middle behind you know, behind the, the one striker as one of the as one of the two behind the striker, I don't think that's suited to him either because that's more of a number 10 role. I think he's probably at his best when he's hugging the touchline and running at defenders one-on-one. -on -one. So, um, yeah, that's a real shame for him for for him and for us, that it, it didn't um, it didn't work out. I think that he, he has shown it again in flashes, but I think with a lone player, you're not looking for 
potential you're kind of looking for them to commit now because at the end of the day you only get a few spots for loans and you know you want them to be playing a good part of them otherwise it's a bit pointless you developing someone else's player without them actually benefiting your team so yeah I mean hopefully for Josh Martin and you know and Norwich it, it does work out for him just not on Saturday yeah yeah not not on Saturday would be ideal uh, and annoyingly he probably well, we probably know a lot about him, and he probably knows a lot about us. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but on on to players who paid a bit more of a more of a significant role in the squad on a match day basis. Ethan Robson got back to Blackpool. And obviously there was you know, there was rumours that we made pay the bids for him and they got turned down. Um, but I think we mentioned a few weeks ago that you know there was midfield issues at Blackpool that happened for weeks. They had, they're down to like one fit centre mid at points, so. There was also a risk that even Robson was going to go back to Blackpool at some point. You know, and of course they decided to activate that clause. Uh, real shame because I felt over the past couple of games, and he's been in out of squad admittedly, but the past couple of games, especially, he's been absolutely excellent. Um and yeah, Joe ultimately, you know, whether we even if we did go for permanently, it's, it's a shame, it's a shame to see him go. Um, and you know, might get replacements in, but it's a good player overall. Yeah, well, we actually, he was the one player we singled out after the AFC Wimbledon game. And um, I think we'll probably be doing the same after um, when we talk about the Pompey game. Um, you know, the, the one thing I will say with Ethan Robson is um, Blackpool have got a bit of an injury crisis at the moment. And when those players are back, you wouldn't think that Ethan Robson is in the real sort of conversation for starting at Blackpool. Now, you know, the story is that we got we've bid tw- for him twice so i've got no reason to disbelieve that as i believe it came from toby i believe toby lock reported that so i'm you know inclined to believe that's quite reliable and i think that that just shows that the club isn't isn't just relying on loans and isn't just trying to save money they're actively out there trying to sort these things out and i think that i, I saw something else today about how blackpool have been linked with a few central midfielders so i think that there could be a, a position where this is purely speculation and me putting two and two together and getting five but you know who knows we it we could be just waiting on Blackpool to get in cover for him and then we're signing him on a permanent later on in the window that could be a very real scenario if we've already tried for him a couple of times you know if Blackpool do get in some more people in that position then why wouldn't we be going for him again um so hopefully there's some some more stuff there He's been a great player. We spoke about him quite a lot last week in terms of he just does everything pretty good. You know, he's not the best at anything in, in, in the team in terms of, you know, he's not the best going forward. He's not the best defensively, but he's just good all-rounder, really solid. And you know he, you know he's going to be putting in a shift in for you and busting his guts for, for the team. And, you know, in games like Saturday and Tuesday, it was evident to me that, you know, we, how important his energy was in the middle of the pitch. It almost look, remind, reminds me of the Rotherham midfielders in the fact that, you know, they, that was the one game, maybe Sheffield Wednesday, but that was a little bit different because of just pure quality there in the middle. But uh, with the Rotherham game, their midfield just completely overran our midfield. And sometimes watching Ethan Robson, he, he, it seems like him and O'Reilly do that to other teams when they're together. So, yeah. Big miss, um, but I'm sure we'll be coming on to uh, a player that's looking to hopefully replace him uh, in the in the near future. Yeah, and obviously on on those on those rumours, you know, he's out of contracts in the summer, even Robson. So, as much as you know, he's been brilliant for us. He's potentially looking to fight for his place at Blackpool also at the moment with their situation. But yeah, it's it's one to monitor for sure. And and Ross, I'm sure you agree that he's absolutely excellent for us. And as we kind of highlighted, you know, they. Well, especially the AC Wimbledon game, but also the Pompey game on Saturday, he was terrific. I, I, I've put in my notes a workhorse. Um, when he when he get when he came on the pitch, he gave it his all, and that's all you ask ever ask for someone who uh, steps on the pitch for us. And um, you can you can tell he carries bundles of football a bit foot, footballing ability. Sorry, um, and I, I believe I was speaking to Sean Blackball fan when he did sign, and he was surprised he dropped down a level. But I can see now why um, he was surprised. And um, I'm not surprised he's been recalled. And maybe he gets given a shot and uh, he has a real good crack at the championship. Yeah, he's certainly got the momentum to do that. Obviously, after the past two games, he's been absolutely excellent. 
And another, another player who's got another, another shot at the championship, uh, Kyoso, back to Luton on loan. It, it was kind of hinted in the week that Nathan Jones was thinking about it, you know, giving him a try in the championship. I thought it was an interesting comment. Um, obviously, he's a very talented lad, uh, Don's Academy player, or former Don's Academy player anyway. Um, came in, been one of the, well, I've said, I said on our um, social media, it's been one of the fan favourites of the season. Obviously, he gets the club, he gets the fans, and I think he, I think he's, was absolutely terrific. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully he gets a chance in the championship at right wing back. Obviously, James Breeze played a lot of football this season for them. Whether he gets the rest, apparently he picked up a knock recently. So, what, well, Kyoso maybe gets two games. Obviously, there's there's been, well, more rumours, believe it or not, where he could come back in January, uh, end of January, who knows. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think for me, this is the most disappointing us out of all of them, Ross, and uh, it's a shame to see him go back to that unfortunate place of Luton. Well, he has to go somewhere, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> no, um, I just wanted to just highlight how um, how good of a player he actually was um, in his stint, obviously, at MK. I think what um, pleased me the most about um, the bloke was the fact that he's very versatile along that back line. Um, he didn't only play just right wing back. He pl- we saw his shift he put in when Darling was out the side at the right centre-half spot, and he more than done enough for me on Saturday. And, yeah, I completely agree. It's probably our biggest loss of the window so far. And probably the one, if I had to choose out of him, Robson, I definitely probably would take Kyoso back um, instead. I just feel Kyoso's um, probably is more suited to the championship more than anything. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that front. I mean, not, I think... That those wing back positions are so difficult to recruit for, as we've, as we've found out in the past. So yeah, once you find a good one, you kind of want to keep them for a long time. Um, but yeah, Joey, it, it's a shame to lose Pete, wasn't it? Because obviously, as we know, he's long connection with the Dons and and his performances this season have really backed up how good we all thought he was in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Really, uh, really is unfortunate to lose him. Um, but I do think it's it's almost a similar one to the Robson one in the fact that. On Saturday, uh, Luton, who've already got a couple of injury issues there, right centre-back, Reese Burke, um, is injured. So all of a sudden now, you know, that he's, it looks like he's coming in for cover. He's coming in to help, help them through an injury crisis. So, again, could it be a similar situation to the um, to, to the Robson one in that, you know, he's got, I think he's got six months left on his contract as well. Um, and if Luton do get some cover in, then, then, then is that a position where, where, where we actually may be able to get him back. Um, so, yeah, four goals and three assists in the league this season, you know, really, really chipping in. And I think, you know, we said before about um, how good it is that there's we're getting goals from midfield, we're getting goals from attacking midfield, we're getting goals up front. We've even had the, you know, Harry Darling's chipped in with a couple and the wingbacks. So it's really good that everyone's um, playing their part, but actually showed that he's just as good a defender as he is going forward on Saturday against Portsmouth. I thought he was a rock in the air, a rock clearing crosses and getting, you know, blocking blocking things. So, um, yeah, really good. Hope he gets his chance, but I'll be more than happy to take him back off Luton's hands if the chance for us to do so uh, transpires. But yeah, of course, all four of those players get our best wishes as they head into the rest of the season. You know, apart from Josh Martin on Saturday, of course, you know, might see him towards the end of the window. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, onto a fifth player who you know hasn't officially left, but obviously there was a lot of a lot of new a lot of news, a lot of noise this afternoon and this morning regarding him potentially leaving to north of the border in Scotland. Uh, yeah, so it's Pete Pete Rosler, who's the, you know, the, the Fulham correspondent for Athletic, broke that Matt O'Reilly is potentially on the way to Celtic and a seven-figure deal. Um, you know, which we hope is well. In my opinion uh, will will be isn't the full story in terms of that front, but. Boys, obviously, it's uh, it's something that we probably expected. Matt O'Reilly's been absolutely fantastic this season. Probably one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league. Um, disappointing to lose him, but, you know, can't really say we surprised, can we, in terms of the quality that he's shown this season. And, you know, I mean, luckily, he didn't go to Swansea, basically. Yeah, I think, I don't think anyone can begrudge Matt O'Reilly the move. You know, European football, crowds of best part of 60,000, a chance to win trophies in, in you know, in a, in a in a top league, uh, you know, one of the better leagues in Europe. Um, 
and you know there's a higher chance as well of that he's going to be getting this this these call ups to um to Norway or 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 Denmark which he's eligible for um so yeah i think it's a great move for him um and i think that you know the the reported fee is 1.5 million and i don't think we should, we've got any reason to really doubt that the athletic can very sort of reputable in their information and I don't think they'd be putting anything out they're not 100% sure on um, so yeah again it's for, for a player we got for free that's fair um, I think that there was a rumoured sell-on fee that's quite high going to, to Fulham now for me you know I think that's just one of the costs of actually getting him for free and in reality I think that the biggest um, part of this Matt O'Reilly deal is that if we've got a sell-on fee, which I believe you know is rumoured by Toby, I think Toby Locke has said that we have um, that you know if if Celtic do sell him on in three or four years' time, back to a Premier League club or a club in Europe for 10, 15, 20 million, who knows? You know that is could be when we really do benefit from this deal. So I think <clears throat> this is almost one of the you know one of the first examples really of. Um, of, of, of Liam Sweet in system in place by young players you know we've built them up and we're selling them on and unfortunately this is going to happen but I'll, I'm really quite actually pleased to see that the majority of the reaction on Twitter and Facebook has been fairly positive and so I'm really glad that people are just getting behind Liam and you know I don't yeah, I, I think it's impossible to get someone as good as Matt O'Reilly right now but you know, a player that could potentially be better than Matt Riley right now—that's what I think the you know, the aim's got to be. And um, no, I just think it's really good that people are buying into it and realise that you know this is the system we've created. You know, the best part of a million pounds in free cash from a player that we signed for nothing essentially. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it's just it's part of the process to to use that phrase. So yeah, of course I'd love to keep him forever and ever, but that was never going to happen. He shouldn't have even been playing in League One in the first place, to be honest. Yeah, no, he's absolutely fantastic to watch every week in, week out. And I think we were we've been very, very lucky this season, this season of players we have done play week in, week out, to be honest, because they shouldn't be in this league. Because there's a few others in that squad who are still here that probably won't be very soon unless we, you know, do the unthinkable and get promoted. Um, but yeah, listen, I think I think Matt Riley deserves this move more than anyone in the squad, to be honest. He's He's been absolutely fantastic and... You know, if the rumours are true, um, you know, good luck to him basically. And hopefully he does well because as you know, as me and Joe speaking about earlier, the, the big the big money in this deal is that selling clause, really. You know, say he goes for 15 million, say in a couple of years' time, we get say 15, 20% of that, we're in the money. And we get that money back we should have got anyway from his um, well, apparently his release clause that was activated. Um so yeah, listen. I, I think it's a win-win for both clubs. I think a lot of our businesses, when there has been a win-win for both clubs, which is nice. And I think it's as Joe said, it shows the model in place. And I think this is what the the reason that certain people are in the building for. And it, it's time for them to you know do their jobs essentially, which they have been doing for months. So yeah, I'm 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 quite positive about it all. I think everyone else should be. Obviously, there'll always be the few that aren't. But you know, we can't be can't have can't be perfect in all every single way. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm overall sorry we're losing our best one of the best players. I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty happy, pretty content. I, I don't know what your thoughts on it all, Ross. I, I'm exactly the same as you two boys. I feel like even if you look at like the likes of Brentford, who were were in the Prem, they sold Watkins, they sold the more more pay, um, Ben Rama, plenty of top talents, and I guess you just got to trust trust that model, as you say, and. Um, We've seen it, and we've seen evidence of it happening at our, our club. For example, Keo going out the door and bringing in Darling, Fraser going out the door bringing Twine in. You've got to tr- trust the process, and I know it's easy to say that, but Liam Sweeten's earned that trust and faith um, from the fans now, um, just through what he's brought in. And um, now this is our time where we have to sit back and just trust him. Yeah, and you know. It- it, it builds up for a very exciting few weeks on and off the pitch. Of course, we've got you know, three, well, one massive game. Of course, Wickham away, you know, and if you haven't got your Wickham ticket, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, over 800 sold, some more allocation just been announced. Uh, we're all going, Don's action are going, all, the, all everyone's going. So if you're not going, 
I don't know what you're playing at. Get your tickets on Saturday if you hit the ground. Get on the website, mkdons.com. Uh, and join us there. It's going to be a good day. Obviously, it's a very short trip, probably the shortest way of the season. So, yeah, it's going to be good fun. So, hopefully, see you there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, not just outgoings in the club this week. Two incomings. Because um, one was actually one was technically last week in a Jamie coming, coming in from Chelsea on loan. Of course, went the first the first half of the season at Gillingham. Of course, played against us on New Year's Day where he kept a clean sheet. That was a very straight performance. Thank you very much, Jamie, for that. Um, but it's good to have him in Don's colours now. Um, I know he got he didn't get a clean sheet on his debut, but he put in a really good performance against Pompey, didn't he, Joe? It's uh, it's good to see him. Yeah, I, th- I don't know how I'll feel if we lose, if miss out on promotion by two points or something. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm sure by that point he probably has saved us more than two points. But you know, there's the two points there that perhaps <laughs> he could have uh, at least helped us out with a little bit. Um, I think again, it just shows the. Uh, the, the model in, in place, you know, fish, we lost for five, a bit rumoured to be around the half a million mark, just a little bit less perhaps. But he was a player that came to us on a free and within 18 months, we've moved him on and, uh, you know, statistically coming was, has been the best goalkeeper, uh, goalkeeping uh, in the league so far this season. His kickings maybe not, not up to the levels of fishes, but, then again, he's been in a Gillingham team where, I mean, well, for those that have seen Gillingham play, they'll know that um, it's not particularly one for the purists. Uh, <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I think, I don't know if um, there's uh, there's posters of Pep Guardiola up in the uh, in the Gillingham changing rooms. Let's just say that. Uh, but yeah, I think um, you know we saw an example of what he was about with a save in the 85th minute where. You know, from behind the goal, you know, we saw that cross floated in and it was a very good header from Marquise. And you're just like, oh, there we go. Oh, oh no, he's actually managed to somehow claw it out, get it away from danger. Um, so, yeah, seems really assured for a young keeper. And just again, an example of, you know, the, and as well, what, one thing I do want to talk, just mention quickly, the speed of, of which that he's come in. You know, we, we lost... Um, we, we lost uh, Jamie Cumming, uh, we lost Andrew Fisher, and within two or three days, the replacement is in the building and is ready to play. And the same is, um, and the same with Ethan Robson leaving. His replacement has been in the building less, uh, I think, 36 hours after he left. So if anyone doubts that the club is actively working behind the scenes, I mean, this is, this is all you need to see. So, yeah, big shout out to Liam, Nathan and, and Ram, who are all working away, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, whenever you when you speak to people in recruitment, they always say they're in for a busy window, but I don't think you can expect this busy window to happen at all. You know, it, it's it's going to be, I say, it's going to be an exciting few weeks to say the least. So, yeah, Joe, you mentioned about Jamie Cumming costing us two points in New Year's Day. I think Ross, with that save, as you mentioned, eighty minutes save, he probably probably owns those two points back anyway with that save. That's an absolutely terrific save. No, was, I don't know. It look it looks a lot better from behind the goal, as Joe said, it, but. Jesus Christ, that last five minutes didn't do my heart any good. I can tell you that. <laughs> Pound, uh, pacing up and down the steps. I couldn't stand still. Uh, it was awful. Um, but as for obviously coming, he, he looks a good goalkeeper. He looks assured. Um, I know Hurst, he's, a lank, he's very lanky up top. Um, and coming looked composed when it came to corners. And um, that's what you, you want, especially in this system, if we're going to break on the counter-attack at times. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, he's looked terrific. Um, distribution wise, I think it was a, it's like, oh, negative for me. It was a bit shaky towards the start of the game, but I think everyone, I think it's typical Don's performance where the first ten minutes they kind of just you know try and grow into the game and well, we'll talk about later. But Bumpy's press was quite pivotal in that. Um, second edition coming the other day, Connor Coventry and home from West Ham, kind of been the best kept secret uh, of the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, the various people in in the space kind of. Sort of suggested the idea, uh, but yeah, glad to have in the building for the rest of the season. Um, of course, it was it, again like the like the coming transfer. It was pretty announced pretty swiftly after Ethan Robson went his way, on his own way back to Blackpool. Uh, imagine a player pretty similar role to Ethan Robson in that sort of holding the field role. Obviously, with the potential of Matt O'Reilly leaving, um, I've questioned whether what role he'll take temporarily in terms of the system, which we'll talk about in a, in a bit with you boys. That's all right, but. 
yeah, I think overall he's it's a really positive signing. He's a very confident player. Mark Noble really rates him um, from West Ham. He's spoken very positively of him previously. and actually wants to be part of the first team setup. So I think this loan is going to be pretty pivotal in his development, personally heading into next season, where he goes next season. Um, but yeah, really, really confident player of the ball, quite a physical player. Um, you know, isn't going to back out of a challenge, that's for sure. And I think overall it's it's a nice, I said to Ross and Joe when he first signed, it's a nice mix of me, Kasumi's physicality and Robbo's controls the game mix into one player. And personally, um, I'm assuming he'll start on Saturday. I'm really excited to see him play because I think he could be a really terrific player. Um, Ross, I'm sure you're, maybe not as excited as me, but I'm sure you're pleased to see uh, Connor sign. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I don't know much about the lad, but it seems obviously he's got the pedigrees at West Ham's uh, academy for a reason. Um, and obviously he's worked under Manning and obviously I don't feel like Manning's, um, ha- well, I don't believe he's had someone who's um, he's previously worked under. Um, so it'd be nice to see how they bought, uh, gel together as such. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing how he uh, adapts on the pitch. Yeah, I think for me personally, um, as I said, I thought he'd be a robber replacement. He'd play that sort of, you know, just pivot and roll, just roll around loads of plays, being that sort of bully in the middle. But I think with potentially O'Reilly moving on to Scotland, I think temporarily, Joe, he could operate more of that progressive style of play because from what I've seen of him, he has taken that role before in terms of being that advancer of the football. Maybe not further at the field like Matt did uh, temporarily since parts of this season, but from that sort of, dreaded quarterback role that again we mentioned before um you know he could do he could do bits there um and of course whilst we're waiting for another field to come in he could take that role but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the coach signing overall yeah I think for you know from what we've heard he's he's highly thought of a West Ham he got a three-year deal uh, just I think a year before last so you know they're given you know he signed his pro deal and then he signed another pro deal so they obviously see something in him um, for whatever reason, you know, it did work out at Peterborough. But I mean, if you look at how Peterborough are doing in the league, it's not working out for many Peterborough players at, at, at all this season. Um, so yeah, I think um, I, I'm quietly, quietly confident about this one. About this one, um, you know, again, Manning knows him and works with him, and you know, Coventry as well. He's probably been working with the best defensive midfielder in the country at the moment, if not one of the best in the world, in Declan Rice. So what better player to sort of learn your craft off, to bounce things off. And I'm sure they've, you know, known each other for quite a few years. I'm not sure if the age gap's quite a, a, a bigger or, or what. And um, yeah, I think, you know, so we could see him almost driving forward at times, especially with, as I presume he'll be alongside McEachern in midfield. So yeah, it'll be good to see, interesting to see that dynamic. And, um, and again, you, you mentioned about the rumours and it being a worst kept secret. Until Ethan Robson went, there was absolutely nothing in it. It was just newspaper talk. It was only, you know, as as um, Connor said, there was always a possibility. Connor said in his interview, there's always a possibility in it, but you know, we couldn't get in another loan player because at that point we had five or six at that time. So yeah, it was only it's only when Ethan Robson got recalled, which we were informed on the morning. It was announced in the afternoon, and then the next day, in comes Coventry. So yeah, I think um, it's just but it just goes to show that the club has these things lined up, and you know if we're someone that we're you know it just goes to show as well the fact that he was signed in a day isn't that oh he was the only one out there and we've just gone yeah you'll do like you know like uh, maybe previous regimes have done on transfer deadline day and not wishing to point out uh, pick on pick on people but Joe Manuel Thomas and and uh, and Alex Ravel screams of oh. Uh, we just need anyone. Yes, you'll do. The fact that we're we're ready to go on a replacement to me suggests that you know we're monitoring them. We're happy with them, and that was a target that we went for, and we're able to execute within thirty six hours, as I said. So there must be something there, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, very excited, very excited. And as we said, I'm sure he'll start Saturday and uh, hopefully impress a lot of people because he's certainly got the talent too. So yeah. Looking forward to seeing both those guys play on Saturday. Uh, well, I'm assuming so anyway. Um, so a few questions that we had. Obviously, you know, all the outgoings, some people, well, some people, as you know, should go into panic mode a little bit. They say, oh, yeah, we're losing a lot of players. Um, I can I can assume all of our answers on this. 
anyway, I know my answer at least. Yeah, I, I'm assuming we're all saying we're still getting top six this season. Joe? Well, I think um, the good way I was looking at it with a friend the other night was if we lose Matt O'Reilly, that's that's one position. But if we've lost, you know, Kyoso Robson and then uh, Fisher and there's another one which I forgot. Um, Robson? Robson, yeah, there we go. If we've upgraded in three positions, but we're weaker in one, I'd say overall the team is stronger. And I think that, you know, if we, as long as we keep doing what we're doing and the fact that just these little steady incremental progresses, I think we'll be there or thereabouts. You know, we, we, at the end of the day, we are a team. It's not about one player. Um, and I think that we've shown that there's plenty of threats in the team. And there's plenty of quality in the team. And we've shown that, you know, if we can improve at different areas of the team, you know, okay, we might be experiencing a big loss, but I think that altogether we are stronger as a as a unit. So, um, you know, I think if we carry on this momentum, you know, Mo's really, really starting to pick it up, um, which I'm absolutely buzzing for. And I hate to say the biggest fat told you so, but... Yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, no, it, I think it's um, yeah, it's good. Good. Uh, I think we've responded well to the challenges that have faced us. And uh, moving forward, why can't we just carry on the form? And well, why stop at top six? Eh? Yeah, on, honestly, that I, I that, that sentence was literally my exact thoughts on the matter. I I still think we're, we're a very very good team, and I still think we're better than most of the teams above us. Maybe by by Rotherham, I think Rotherham must have the best team in the league. Uh, we're gonna good, but basically, we're gonna for me. Like I watched Sutton last night, and we're gonna Sutton are like shaking hands together in terms of there's now to win games. Like I went, yeah. I was I went to I went to, to watch a player that I thought I might be interested in seeing for Dons, but of course he didn't play. Um, but yeah, both those teams now to win games, and that's where they are in the league. Uh, whether you term that as a good team, I mean that's that's up to the debate. But I think in terms of actually you know, footballing ability and actually you know, being where they are and deserve to be where they are, I think Rotherham are probably the best team in the league. But yeah, I think, listen, I think we're right up there with the top three teams in the league in uh, Rotherham, Wigan and, and Sunderland. Um, and, you know, listen, we've, we've beat Wigan this season. We've beat Wigan this season. So I, I, I don't see the losses, for now losses anyway, being detrimental to that. I, I think if anything, we'll reinvest that money into hopefully better players. And uh, you know, keep keep the ball rolling, and we still got our best players in the squad anyway. Uh, obviously, Matt O'Reilly was one of the better ones, but you know, Twine's still one of the better players in the league. Darling, as we all know, is detrimental and absolutely excellent. Um, and yeah, of course, we've got the best goalkeeper in the league now, Jamie Cummins. So, I, I honestly, uh, I, 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 I appreciate people's opinions. I, I feel that question, I feel, is unquestioned for me in terms of we are still a top six team. I think we will be a top six team for the rest of the season. Ross, um, I don't know if you've anything to add to our points, but um, I'm sure they're the same as ours. It's pretty much the same, but I think people need to realise like the the emotion which which carried obviously after Russ left prior to a couple of days before the season started, and we're questioning whether obviously mid table and this and that. And I I just said to myself, I just wanted progress, and currently as it stands, we're making progress, so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, good to hear. Thank you for that question. Another question from James, which ties in nicely with you know closing off the transfer section of the podcast. Um, he asked for a wish list in terms of players we'd like to see from Don's coming into the month. Now, obviously, we've done our transfer sort of shopping list episode, which maybe it's validated now considering to the players have actually well lost or about to lose. Um, obviously, we've signed a centre mid, we've signed a goalkeeper. I think, like to think those positions, maybe another midfielder would be for me, would be a centre midfielder that's a bit more attacking, maybe for me, that'd be an option. Left wing back, still a priority for me. Um, you know, again, I've I watched Dan Harvey a couple of games again. I'm I'm so dope. I still like to see someone there to compete with him. Um, and yeah, striker, maybe I'm, I don't think it's a priority as it was before. I mean, not not in terms of the Mo level anyway. I think Mo is, as Joe said, you know, smashing out the park at the moment, and he's he's actually doing. He's actually got the motivation and the drive to do what he should be doing the whole season. But yeah, I think I think we could still do through the striker to compete with Mo. Um, I don't really have any names to be honest. I, I, I'll 
I'll put my faith in Liam Sweeting and co that they know the names that we need. Um, but yeah, for me, left wing back, uh, centre mid who can kind of play a 10 and an eight role. So more holding and more attacking um, and a striker. So actually my list is still the same from what it was at the start of the window, which is funny. Um, I, Joe, I don't know if yours has changed a bit since then. Yeah, no, I think it's because I, I mean, pretty much all we've done this window is replace what we've lost in in, in a funny sense. Um, other than the Theo signing, of course, um, which I, I think, yeah, left wing back still for me, not necessarily to, you know, come in and start ahead of Harvey, but just to compete with Harvey, because I think when Harvey had competition in Sorinola last year, what we did see from Harvey when he did play, it was almost like he had a point to prove. He had to go out there and, and really stake his claim for a place. Um, so, yeah, a left wing back. Um, and then, yeah, a, a centre mid that can play a sort of a 10 or an 8. Um, almost like O'Reilly because O'Reilly was fine sitting deeper and I wanted him to sit deeper, but he could fill in further up the pitch when needed. Um, so, yeah, and, and again, I wouldn't mind another attacking midfielder because now we've just got Theo, uh, Hiram and Scott Twine that can play there. So, yeah, of course, Troy can play there as well, but I wouldn't mind someone else that can play that role. Striker, mm, I'm, I'm pretty easy on it. We've got Troy that can play there. We've got Jay Bird that can play there. We've got... Um, Theo that could even fill in there and then we've got Mo of course so you know, we're only ever going to play one striker and are you going to spend big money on a striker when you've got your record signing who's 27 years old playing up top you know are you going to how are you going to convince the Premier League team to loan you a striker when you've got your record signing currently in that spot for me it just doesn't really make sense to go all out on a striker yeah yeah you're completely right uh, it, it... It would be difficult to sell, even for Liam Sweeting, to put that across to the club. Um, Ross, what's your updated, I suppose, shopping list based off what you said at the start of the summer? Oh, summer, January. Um, I'll probably say we need another four more. Uh, left wing back for for a start. I feel, obviously, Harvey recently, he's actually digging up some really good performances. And it's not going forward. It's more the defensive side. He's really starting to help Louis out. Um, we saw that especially... Um, at Pompey, uh, how much he, how much of a rocky uh, Louis was at the back. That wasn't just down to Louis being Louis. That was down to Harvey two and one um, down down the right hand side. But um, the other the other spot I wanted to look at was obviously losing Kyoso. I do feel like that's a big loss, um, and that's it's probably our biggest loss in my eyes. Um, so I, if if it was possible, I. I'll try and get him back at the end of the window or maybe maybe on a permanent if if the funds are there. Um, and then you're, you you guys are looking at a 10. Well, Jack Payne, what, what are your thoughts on that that guy? <laughs> you, you know yes. I like Jack Payne. You know I like Jack Payne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I know it'd take a lot of money, but um, he, he's, he's not too bad of a player, is he? Yeah, no striker for you. Um, yeah, and then the, obviously the fourth one, I'd probably be a lone striker, um, whether it's Championship or Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, myself or Joe didn't actually mention right wing back. I mean, obviously it's probably a position we do need. Um, I suppose we'll play the waiting game in that, that role, won't we? Really, and see what happens with Pete. Um, I think, as, as I said, um, I think I, I think tonight is more than capable of in that role for. Rest of the season, really, that loan a few weeks. I think he's been terrific when he's yeah, been but beneath. we've we, we've got a hectic schedule coming up. Yeah, again. yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Um, so yeah, we do need someone in. Um, but I think we will wait until the very last minute, which may worry some people. But I think we'll wait until we'll see what we'll, we'll play we'll play hardball with Luton, see what happens. And uh yeah, tonight can play the two or three games uh that he needs to up to that point. Um okay, that was a long we did a part of the episode, but you know, a lot of transfers, a lot of things to talk about. We'll finally start talking about the Pompey game. Um, really, really good day overall. Obviously, 1-2-1. One, one, uh, massive, massive three points. Our first win at Fratton Park under the MK Don's name. Um, over the moon in the performance, of course. Started off a bit shaky, I thought. First 10 minutes, you know. A bit like so many way games had recent um, this season, really. Like Morecambe, for example. Uh, Accrington, we weren't particularly great at the start. Um, this has been times where we've taken a while to get into away games, especially at these type of grounds. Um and, you know, it's it, it's hard to put a finger on why. It just, it just seems to happen. Um, but eventually we grew into the game. Robson and O'Reilly, who, funnily enough, probably won't be on a team on Saturday. Um, 
both really took control of the midfield. I felt they dealt with the press really well. And that led to our first goal. I think it was a mistake from Hackett, plays it back to the defence or tries to. Mo's there to jump on it. And Cooley puts it into the bottom corner, makes it 1-0. And I think that gives us control of the game from there, to be honest. Um, obviously, we keep the ball for a long time. For you know, The structure of the team is really, really good from that point. And of course, we see that Cabenu Corker at 2-0. Absolute worldy of a finish from him. Unreal. And I, you know, I was pretty happy that I went onto the Pomp podcast and said that you know he'd score. And of course, I, I said that Hurst would score also. Um, but yeah, I thought an uh, unreal finish. And I think he's, I'm sure we'll get onto it. He's been brilliant since he's come in. Oh, yeah, it's a 2-0 at half time. You know, a brilliant start. Um, as expected, you know, Cowley gets his halftime team talk and Pompey can't a bit better. Hurst gets his first professional goal. A tap in really, but a good finish. Gives them a bit of momentum. Um, but luckily for us, we we ground out the win in the end. I thought it was a really, it was a nervous last, as Ross said before, a nervous last five, 10 minutes, that's for sure. Of course, Marquis had his goal disallowed, which is miles offside in the end. But, you know, when you're in the stands, you're kind of like, oh, oh God, he's, he's scored. Never um, in doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I was over the moving that win. That, I think we say it, we seem to say it every week at the moment, but that was one of the bigger wins this season, I feel. To go there and obviously never won before um, in what, 11, 11, 12 years since we played them first um, and to get that result was absolutely massive and obviously it cements our playoffs place a little bit more and um, they probably had to looking up rather than down to be honest. I know, I know we're going to got a lot of games in hand. Of course, they got a, they got a big result against Morecambe the other night coming from 1-0 down to win 2-1. Um, but yeah, overall, really, really good day. Um load of fans went almost 500 of us, which is really good for us during the trip. Um, and yeah, overall, really, really enjoyed it, Ross. I don't know what your thoughts are on it all. I, I do think it's the best um, performance of the season in terms of away from home. Pompey, 10 unbeaten. Uh, they kept five clean sheets in a row. And um, I just felt we, we rose to the challenge at the end of the day. And as you say, Liam, in the first 20 minutes, yes, they had a few chances, but that was just down to their press. I felt Pompey's press in the first 20 minutes. They were really um, challenging the back line and forcing us into mistakes. And then the irony kicks in um, t- about 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes maybe. We do the exact same thing to them. And uh, we, I, th- I believe it was Matt O'Reilly slots, slots in Mo. And what a finish, by the way, on his left, left-hand side. And against, and I know we said Cumming was probably one of the best best keepers in the league but he was probably versing one of the best keepers in the league in Baznuga so on his left hand side um, he, he slots it away and the momentum um, from there it was all us in the first half um, to right to the whistle and then as you say Liam Fio's goal one of the best finishes I've seen live for sure um, and then you say you, you, you said in the last like 10 minutes we're, we're a bit shaky a um, bit nervy Yes, we can say they were nervy, but did they really challenge our goal? Probably not. And I think that was down to our high high line. I felt normally we, we would fault in previous games, especially at Sheffield Wednesday, to go in that block. But um, they stuck together, the, the lads, um, especially Warren and Kioso, and they tried to push everyone up. And that's probably what made us win the game at the end of the day. We tried to play our own game and... We were still creating chances in like the 90th minute through the Boateng chance and Harvey hitting the bar. Um, so we, it could be more than 2-1, but um, definitely the defence helped us out for sure. And uh, I'm just glad we grinded out the three points for sure. Yeah, to be fair, that, the nervousness towards the end was as noticeable as it was towards the start of the game. I felt the start of the game, you could just tell, you know, the occasion didn't get to us, but you could tell we were like, you know, looking to grow into it. And as I said, you know, I think Rob said O'Reilly we helped us for that. Um, Joe, obviously three points on the road. Can't really complain too much, but what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Made the journey worth it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think, yeah, first 20 minutes we weren't in the game at all. And as soon as we started just getting a few passes together, you know, in my mind, that first half was almost... Well, almost the whole game was just a typical away performance and the fact of what won us that game was two moments of absolute quality from our players. The first one was Matt O'Reilly slotting an absolute peach through to Mo Issa. Mo takes one touch, 
and a keeper out on rushing to him one on one, and he just slots it really nicely with his weak foot, and you know, get my own front of goal running onto the ball, he'll score goals. Thank you very much. Um, and then <laughs> just that Theo volley. Honestly, I didn't because we were behind the goal and it was at the other end of the ground. I saw it bounce and hit the bar and then bounce up and hit the roof of the net. And that was when we knew it was in. But bloody hell, I didn't realise how sweetly he struck that until watching it back on EFL on Quest. It was really quite something. And you know, in that first half, we actually had 60% of the ball to their 40%. And they had a couple more shots than us. But it was actually us that you know probably was creating some better, some of the better openings. Um, but they, you know they did have a few chances. But once we rode out that first twenty minutes, it was all us for the rest of the half. And then second half, you know, I said if they score before sixty minutes, we're in trouble. They scored in the sixtieth minute, <laughs> and I was at that <laughs> point I was thinking, here we go again. But and this and Ross is bang, absolutely bang on with it because I remember I said about this about the difference between Wigan and Sheffield Wednesday in the second half was that at Sheffield Wednesday, we were camped on our own box, on our line, on our 18-yard box. At Wigan, we were playing, we were so far up that they didn't actually create anything because we were just so, you know, we were holding that line and it, we were so disciplined in holding that line. And, you know, that was what won us the game. And we actually had eight shots in the second half compared to their 12. So, you know, and they didn't actually create a big chance. Um, and their keeper actually had to make more saves than our keeper in the second half. So it just goes to show that really, you know, we were still a threat on the break. We were still creating chances. They might have had all the ball and been passing it out wide and putting, you know, absolutely leathering crosses after crosses in the box. But, we, you know, we dealt with it and we were quite happy to deal with it. And I don't think there was too many scares other than the disallowed goal in the 94th minute, which nearly just... Oh good! I'd, I've, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd have dread to have thought if that if that went in. But um, again, it was one of them wins where we did what we had to do, and we didn't go all all out attack. We we just waited. We we, we grew into the game. We had two real moments of quality that we converted and took advantage of, and we scored. We scored when we were up, and then I think the second half the balance was actually you know quite good. We weren't sitting all the way back, but we weren't leaving ourselves exposed. And then, you know, and then we had our chances on the counter-attack. So all round, some absolutely awesome performances from some players and um, a really, really big win. Because especially because that, that distance us is from Portsmouth, who are one of the teams that are, you know, in that, in that pack trying to get into the playoffs. So, you know, it, it, I hate using the phrase, but it was a six-pointer. Six pointer, if you win those six pointers, realistically, you're going to go quite far in the league usually. Uh, so the fact that we can do that, you know, consolidate our playoff spot. And as I said, you know, I, I think we can look up generally, despite all the you know, everything we've got on transfers, I think we can look at the table rather than down it. Uh, I don't think well, I'm really points here, but I, I don't think that you know, losing players is overall a negative thing. And this model is meant to be that way, so yeah, listen, I, I think it's brilliant performance. and you know, Joe, as you mentioned, when we were transitioning between, you know, off, off recording for a minute, how only actually lost one of the last eight games. And funnily enough, it was our bloody director, director's box experience at Oxford, which one we lost. But more importantly, you know, we didn't have half our squad because of COVID. We lost, we lost Twiney literally the morning of the game. And we were relying on, well, some people, we don't, obviously, we talk about Scott a lot on here, but Haram Bowers thing up front, who got the goal, to be fair, had an all right game, but relying on Haram and, other players in the squad allowed for 90 minutes is something that ideally you don't want to do. Um, and I think he showed that on Saturday his, his performance he came on against Pompey. So, yeah, overall, we're a good, good stretch of form. Obviously, we beat, we beat the form team in the league, apparently. Um, but you could argue that we're the form team in the league right now. Um, and we go on to face Doncaster on Saturday. He was definitely not the form team in the league. But we'll, we'll get into that and a bit more after a short little break. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, so two games this week to preview. 
Um, well, yeah, we, I mean, obviously we previewed one of them already, uh, Burton away. If you want to listen to our full preview of that, um, you can do from episode 24. It's pre- filmed pre-Christmas. Not much has changed that because of lack of Burns games, quite frankly. They have signed a few players which we'll touch upon after our Doncaster preview. But yeah, if you do want to check that preview out, episode 24 for Burton, um, very, very similar thoughts to our thoughts now. But Doncaster's first on Saturday at home, back to Stadium MK. Um, of course, the last time we were here, um, it was a big result against AFC Wimbledon. So hopefully it's the same here again. Uh, Doncaster are currently bottom of the league. Uh, 14 points, four wins, four draws, and a whopping 18 losses where they conceded 49 goals. So not the best reading for Doncaster fans. And unfortunately, it only really gets worse. We, you dive a bit deeper. Uh, they're away, they're away for them this season. Not won a game all season away from home. They picked up to one point and they've lost the rest of them, which is 12. Uh, scored seven goals to be fair to them uh, but when you when when you see them conceded 33 it's not exactly uh, best reading either new gaffer though so it's not all bad Gary McSheffrey's come in um, 4-3-3 formation he operates at now which you know based off what I saw the other night when they played in the midweek he can change to a 4 3 one 2 of course some former dons in there also a couple of summer si- uh, January signings sorry and Josh Martin and Kieran Agard obviously Josh Martin arriving from us um, also from Norwich where we were previously on the loan this season. I played left wing for them on Tuesday. Um, but as Joe said, he didn't really think of it as a 10. Well, he transitioned into a bit of a 10 in this game. Apparently he had an okay game. Um, nothing special. Hit the, I think he hit the post, something like that. Um, but yeah, and then Kieran Agard, of course, everyone knows who Kagsi is. Um, you know, typical poacher in League One um, and League Two, most, most importantly. Uh, so yeah, I imagine both of those guys will start on Saturday. Uh, more importantly, they signed Ollie Younger, uh, a young centre-back from Sunderland this afternoon, a 22-year-old. So I'm not sure. Well, he was trained with the team a few times this week. Um, looks to be more of the, the passing type rather than the physical type. He didn't look very physical from what I saw of him. So yeah, it could be interesting to see how he's incorporating his Doncaster team. But, you know, of course, we lost this Doncaster team earlier in the season. A pretty uh, a pretty dismal away, away performance, to be honest. One of our worst of the season. So I'm sure the boys will be looking forward to making right of that. Obviously, Kyoso got a goal on that day. He's now back at Luton. Um, so, yeah, plenty of players to come in here and do the job right. Just some data points that were quite interesting at Doncaster for those that are interested. Uh, so open play XG against, uh, they've got 29 goals. They've conceded XG against wise. They've actually only conceded 24. So that tells us they're actually due to concede more goals than they already have in the 49 this season. So that's not a great reading. Um, and when, when it comes to their play style, their, their PPDA is, which is terms of like pressing per defensive action, their third lowest in the league at 15.4. So in many ways, they play into the Don's hands in terms of not actually pressing them on the football. So it, it could lead to a lot of sitting back and sitting in that block where they just punt it up to Josh Martin and hope for the best. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Mishek Free. It's the first time we've seen his team and seen him as a gaffer at Stadium MK, so who knows what he does. But I think looking at those stats, it's not exactly promising in terms of, well, from a Donk aspect anyway, in terms of them actually playing well and an exciting game. Um, but as I said, you know, they did, Martin and Smith on the left-hand side and midweek did show some promise. Admittedly, it was, it was a disappointing result for him and they showed, they showed tendencies of a Don side in the past where they did have loads of chances, not score goals, and then concede one and then heads go heads drop. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, with where they are in the league, a lot of people will expect them to put us to beat them. But as we've seen this season with Dons, these lower league sides or lower sides in the table in terms of the league, we struggle against. So hopefully we don't, but I don't know if Joe, you had any other thoughts to add on Doncaster in terms of what you've seen from them? Yeah, when I mean, when you said that they've only won four games this season, I thought, wow, those teams must have been absolutely crap. Then I remembered one of them was against us, wasn't it? That was a, an afternoon I've really tried to put right to the back of my mind. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, one, one thing that really did surprise me is, you know, if you look at their team, they've actually got some really good players in terms of, you know, at League One level, people like Ben Close, who was at Portsmouth in a Portsmouth team that that was near near. I think they nearly got the playoffs last season. You've got um, Tom Anderson, who's a decent centre back, uh, formerly of Blackpool, I believe, and then you've got John Bostock and Ethan Galbraith in midfield as well. Ethan Galbraith, 
um, either formerly of Manchester United or on loan from Manchester United. So, I mean, it's, it's not as if they haven't got any half-decent players, but it just really isn't working for them at the moment. So, you know, as always, I would exercise caution because, you know, this isn't non-league football. This is professional football where all players are athletes and, you know, anyone can be anyone if they do turn up on that particular day. I do have full faith that we will win, but just, you know, just some players to be wary of. And, uh, you know, with Eve, uh, Kieran Agard coming back, you know, what would a game with Kieran Agard be without a scuffed rebound goal, which, you know, inevitably will come. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Uh, but, um, yeah, I think it's a game that, that we should be winning and I think we will win. Uh, but just, you know, there are some real classy players that, that do play for Doncaster as well. Yeah, there's a quality there, that's for sure. That it's, for whatever reason, not been executed properly and they are they are in the league and their fans, I know, spoke to the fans personally over social media and in person. And the, it, it's not it's not a great time watching Doncaster right now. It's it's a pretty, unfortunately, a pretty depressing sight at the moment, Ross. And it's, it's, it's fine to have positives when it comes to how they're playing at the moment. Well, if I just read you off this stat, it will make them even more miserable. They've conceded two goals in the last four away games, so it's not looking great. But knowing the Dons, it's probably going to be another one-nil loss. Um, but as as for Doncaster, as Joe's just said, you can't get complacent against these teams. If you if we want to make a statement in this league, or we we've got ambition of automatics or even the title, you've got to be dispatching these teams with with well, you should be really cruising to the to, against these teams. So, yeah, I just hope we don't underestimate them and uh, we, we stick to our own ways and uh, dispatch them with ease. Yeah, I, I think not underestimating them comes with the fact that just going for it from the off. Um, yeah, I think for exactly. me, you know, with, 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 a, with a lack of, well, I perceive lack of death at the moment with the, you know, the players going out and you know, we're looking to get players in. I think it's really important with our starting eleven that do play on Saturday, really just go for it from the off and see what happens. But if we can end the game, and I appreciate it won't be the, most, the best watch of most people at the stadium, but if we can end the game in 30, 40 minutes, I feel that will benefit us tremendously. And it'll just set the precedent for the rest of the game and actually get the points in the bag. Because as I've seen this season, I've mentioned it before, you know, we've dropped points unnecessarily against these this team specifically and many other teams low in the league. So, yeah, just take care of business this, this Saturday, boys. And... You know, get us at that table because you know we've mentioned. I think a few of the playoff teams are playing each other on Saturday. I think Sunderland Pompey is the big one. Um, so yeah, if, you know, if they say if they draw, we win. That's two points gained. And obviously, gained three over Pompey the weekend. So that's five. Then, you know, we're looking pretty good after that. So yeah, just about take care of business and uh, hopefully Manning and Co get that across to the boys. Um, yeah, obviously you mentioned about Burton. Um, I said check the preview out for episode twenty-four. They have signed a few players since that preview. Um, a couple of players on loan from uh, higher clubs in the league. Uh, Gassan Hadmi, uh, from who was at Pompey earlier in the season, uh, centre forward. Um, overall, didn't do too much at Pompey, hence why he got recalled. He, he's okay. I, I mean, I'm not sure how Pom- um, Burton are going to utilise him. Could play against us, um, but again, his scoring record isn't incredible. So I think it's very much a prove it move. Um, same for William Cocolo. I thought that was a permanent deal. Um, He's the interesting one, left back. He could play against us. Very, 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 very play. He had a good record in Premier League too in terms of creativity. So you'd imagine he'd be a bit more attacking. And maybe, maybe the Kokolo to a half me connection will work for him. But yeah, listen, I think I think Burton, regardless of whether we played and the, the team that caused us problems earlier in the season, we got not fortunate, but they had a chance against us at home and we got the three points off them. So yeah, going to their place midweek could be a different task and I know Ross and Joe are heading to this one, so I'm sure they'll be excited. But um, anything else to add, boys, on Burton before we get into some score predictions? Uh, expect a few long balls from Hasselbank's side and maybe a deep block. A lovely deep block. We all love those. <laughs> uh, all right, quickly for me, quickly for me, they, they've, um, they've, they've decided to sell Kane Hemmings to uh, Tramir, which I thought was weird because... And, and, you know, this is who Hadmi's come in to replace. He's uh, Hadmi's got the number nine shirt and coming on a permanent deal after his loan at Portsmouth. And I think, you know, for me, I just don't... I mean, maybe it's just one for the future. 
But, you know, Hemmings, I think, scored 14 goals in their great escape last season in pretty much half of the season. So, you know, I think I thought that was a bit of an odd one. Um, but overall, you know, they are a more, much more accomplished and well-rounded team than than um, than Doncaster are. So they'll be the much the sterner challenge. Um, and I think that, you know, they're, they're pretty much, you know, I think they're, they're yeah, like they're, they're one point behind Accrington. And I'd say that those two teams are pretty much, you know, very similar to each other, each other in both in terms of play, style, and uh, you know ability. So, you know, not a, not a, not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. Especially with the schedule we've got coming up as well. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's important to get your results in, and uh, hopefully we do. So, yeah, scores wise, gents, obviously two games to predict this week. I am going to say we'll beat Doncaster. I think it will be. Well, I hope it'll be a fairly comfortable result. I'm going to go 2-0 to us. And Burton away, assuming we'll have some players in for that game, um, I will say 2-1 Dons. So six points out of six for me. Uh, Ross, what are you saying? I've gone with the same. I've gone with a 2-0 against Donny. I do feel like we'll probably see, um, if obviously, if O'Reilly is off, um We'll probably see Boateng or someone come in for him, um, I assume. I might be wrong. McEachran pro- probably also. Um, I, I do feel like we can, if we get the early goal, um, we should be beating this Doncaster team. And then Tuesdays, I do feel like it's going to be a tight one. It always is with Hasselbank side, uh, against Hasselbank side, sorry. Um, and I've gone with a 1-0 victory on the road. Like it, like it. Joe, are you are you six for six out like me and Ross? No, sorry. Although, you know, in, in better news, it's the lesser spotted triple prediction for Doncaster. Oh. I have gone for a two-nil myself. Um, so that's quite exciting. <laughs> um Burton, I've gone for a one-all. Um, they've got the although we, we have actually got the third best um away form in, in the league. We've only we're going to scored more goals away from home than us, and uh, if we were to get a, a point or more uh, at Burton, we would then overtake Wickham and become the second best uh, away team in the league. So it's been a real strength for us this season. But uh, you know, real strength of Burton Albion's is their home form. They've been really good at home. They've got um, they've only got one point less than us, and they've played a game less than us at home. So uh, you know, if they were to get a draw, then that puts them level with our home form. Um, they've only conceded 13 and 12 home games and they've scored 22. They've actually scored more at home than we have uh, in less games. So it just goes to show that, you know, it really is a tough place to go and a draw would be a good result. Yeah, yeah, I say I'll, I'll take a point, but I just think we can get all three. Uh, but yeah, listen. Did I, say I it think... was, did I say it was one all? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I didn't know if I just said it would be a draw, sorry. Yeah, no, one one. Yeah, we'll, we'll lock that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah can you lock me in for that please Liam? yes yes no worries no worries all right well that brings us to the end of the latest episode take your mk1 podcast uh obviously a lot to talk about tonight uh hopefully we addressed everyone's points if we didn't please let us know we'll get on to the next episode and every episode that you request them but until then hopefully see you on saturday and come on you dons Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.